back blue shirts fans to episode number 177 of the locked on new york rangers podcast i'm your host john chick and we are going to be talking quite a bit more about what else alexi lafreniere here today but we're going to start with the news from jeff gorton himself that the rangers will not carry three goalies at the start of next season and if you're connecting the dots here we all know that igor shesterkin is going to be there he is going to be the starter for the rangers going forward and obviously, you know, we've been talking about the Ranger goalie situation really since the beginning of this podcast, since the beginning of last season. We started this podcast just a couple games into the 2019-2020 season. I believe in October was our first episode. And at the time, it was just Lundqvist and Georgiev. And it kind of made sense for the Rangers to sort of go with the hot hand approach. And that's pretty much what they did for a couple of months. But then Igor Shesterkin just dominates the AHL, essentially forces the Rangers to call him up. That's what they do. Igor makes his debut on January 7th. He plays in 12 regular season games with the Rangers, does a fantastic job. It is a small sample size, but everything we've seen from Shesterkin and everything we've heard about him would suggest that he is indeed the real deal. He will be the Rangers franchise goalie going forward. So he's obviously going to be leaned on very heavily next year. He will all but assuredly, you know, barring uh, poor play, which doesn't seem likely, and barring an injury, Shesterkin will be the man next season. He will lead the Rangers in starts. But Again, based on these comments coming from the Rangers, it does sound like either Lundqvist or Georgiev will not be in the fold next season. And I've said all along, as far as Georgiev being back next year, I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk as a lot of other people seem to. Georgiev has been good for the Rangers, but I wouldn't say he's been great. He is a restricted free agent going into this offseason, which means... All it would take is for one of the other 30 NHL teams to offer him more money than the Rangers are offering him, and he would be on his way. He's a restricted free agent. The Rangers have the right to match any offer, but if they choose not to do that, then Georgiev is going to be out the door. And you got to remember, the Rangers don't really tend to spend big on their backup goalies. Think about Cam Talbot. Think about Antti Ranta, who, frankly, both put up better numbers for the Rangers than Georgiev has. And yes, Talbot and Ranta, they had better defensemen. They played on a better Ranger team in general. But if you look at their Ranger stats and compare them to Georgiev, it's not really all that close. They both have him beat by a fairly solid margin. And, you know, it's also possible that the Rangers entering free agency, they could end up trading Georgiev. I don't know that he would really command a massive return. So I wouldn't get too excited there as far as what the Rangers could expect in return for Alex Georgiev. But a mid-round draft pick could make some sense. If there's a team looking to add some depth at their goalie position, maybe even enter the season and give Georgiev a chance to be their starting goalie, then maybe they would be willing to part way with a mid-round draft pick, maybe like a third or fourth rounder. A third round pick for Georgiev might be a little bit of a stretch, but you never know. We saw some teams at the trade deadline this year uh, parting with some fairly high draft picks for just, you know, modest upgrades to their roster. So maybe a third rounder for Georgiev is within reason. Only time will tell there. We'll see if the Rangers look to go down that avenue as far as dangling Georgiev on the trade market. And then with Lundqvist, there's always going to be some talk about this potential buyout. And for starters, I got to say, I don't want to see Lundqvist's legendary tenure with the Rangers come to an end via a buyout. That just doesn't sound right. I think he just deserves a better ending than that. And here's the other thing. The buyout of Lundqvist doesn't 
help the Rangers as much as you might think in terms of cap space next season. Because if Lundqvist stays on the Rangers next year, he will count $8.5 million against the cap. If the Rangers buy him out, it will save them $3 million this year, but it will cause a dead cap hit of $5.5 million for this upcoming season, plus an additional $1.5 million in 2021-2022. So that's a total of $7 million against the cap. Now it is spread across two years. Again, Five and a half million for the upcoming season if Lundqvist is bought out. One and a half million in 2021-2022 if Lundqvist is bought out. But with the buyout, you're really only saving yourself a grand total of one and a half million against the cap. And is that really worth it? I know every little bit helps, but is it really worth it to buy a legend out of his contract in the last year that he's going to be a New York Ranger just to save a million and a half dollars? I really don't think so. And another thing that Lundqvist has working in his favor if he wants to stay with the Rangers next season is... I don't really think that the Rangers are going to look to go all that crazy in free agency this season. And listen, no disrespect to any of the NHL players who are about to become free agents, but I don't think this is a particularly deep free agent class. So I don't expect the Rangers to go crazy in free agency this year and sort of quote-unquote reach for guys. They're eventually going to need some money to pay some of their own guys, Mika Zibanejad, uh, Igor Shesterkin, Capo Caco, Adam Fox. All those guys are going to need to be extended somewhere down the line. So I don't think it really makes a whole lot of sense this year for the Rangers to dive into the free agent pool and inevitably end up giving out too much money and too many years to guys who, frankly, probably aren't going to be worth what they end up getting on the market this year. It's a good year to be a free agent because it's not all that deep of a pool. So guys who might typically be considered second-tier free agents in other years where the free agent pool is a little bit deeper are going to be sort of the cream of the crop this year and will probably end up with more years and more dollars than they otherwise would have gotten. But yeah, I don't think the Rangers are in a place where they absolutely must buy out Henrik Lundqvist just to save a very modest amount of money to go out and get other free agents. Like I said, the Rangers, they might do a little bit of patchwork this season in free agency. They might reach out, grab a veteran or two, bring them in, you know, maybe on some short-term deals, but I don't expect them to be going crazy. I don't think they're going to make a play for Taylor Hall or anything like that. Uh, Only time will tell there. But yeah, I think that the Rangers will continue to rebuild this team, you know, kind of from the bottom up. They're still kind of laying the foundation, and I think maybe after next season is the year that you might see the Rangers become a little bit more aggressive in free agency because all these guys, you know, Capo Caco, Igor Shesterkin, Adam Fox, Alexi Lafreniere, all these guys will be one year further along in their development, and the Rangers will also be free of a couple of costly contracts. Uh, Brandon Smith, Mark Stahl, Henrik Lundqvist all come to mind. So I think after next season is the year you'll see the Rangers uh, really kind of be aggressive in free agency, but I don't think they really have any plans to be all that aggressive in free agency this season, and so I think that works in Lundqvist's favor that they can afford to keep him, even though he's clearly going to be overpaid. He's going to be the backup, and he has an $8.5 million cap hit, but be that as it may, I I still think they can afford him this year if they would like to afford him and avoid you know, kind of the quote-unquote messy divorce and have to buy him out of the last year of his contract. Another question that inevitably comes up whenever you talk about Henrik Lundqvist, at least this past year or so, is would he at this point or at any other point, you know, in the coming weeks and months, be willing to waive his no-move clause and accept a trade to somewhere else? And the short answer for me is, I don't think so. Because these players, they have these clauses put into their contracts for a reason. And in doing so, they're often leaving at least some money on the table during these negotiations to have these no-move clause added. And so Lundqvist, he has every right to use that clause. Uh, Personally, there's still a part of me 
that would love to see him go to one of the elite NHL teams and have a better chance of winning the Stanley Cup next season because I do like the direction that the Rangers are headed. Do I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup next season, though, if I'm being objective? No, I do not. And I do think that if Lundqvist would waive his no-move clause, he could find his way to a team that has a really good chance of winning next season, or at least a better chance than the Rangers have. Uh, A team like the Avalanche always comes to mind, and the Avalanche obviously still competing in the playoffs right now. But again, it's up to Henrik Lundqvist. He had that clause put into his contract for a reason, and he is well within his right to refuse a trade. And again, the short answer here is I don't think he waves the clause because he wants to finish his career with the Rangers. And there's something cool about that as well. It's very rare to see a professional athlete play his entire career with one team these days, and it would be nice to see Henrik Lundqvist hang up his skates with the Rangers, but I also want to see the guy win a Stanley Cup because he clearly deserves it, and I think there are teams out there that would give Lundqvist a better chance of winning the Cup next season than the Rangers will. Is it possible that Henrik Lundqvist retires? It is, but if you listen to that interview he did in Sweden while the season was on pause this season, he really didn't sound like someone who was about to hang him up. So it's definitely possible, but I wouldn't bank on Lundqvist retiring either. When you listen to that interview, he sounds like he still has a lot of competitive fire in him. It sounds like, you know, he was really looking forward to the opportunity to coming back here to the States going into the playoffs this year and having the chance to battle for the starting goalie position. Of course, he ended up starting games one and two against the Hurricanes, although it certainly sounds like that was mainly because Shesterkin was deemed unfit to play. I think the Rangers probably would have rolled with Shesterkin for all three of those games uh, had that been an option. The other possibility that I haven't really heard discussed too much, and I don't know how likely it is, but it's at least a possibility, is that neither Lundqvist nor Georgiev are back with the Rangers next season. Maybe Georgiev gets a better offer in free agency, and again, he is a restricted free agent, so the Rangers will have the opportunity to match any offer that he gets, but maybe he gets a better offer from a different team, the Rangers aren't willing to match it, and they let him walk, and maybe the Rangers do indeed buy out Henrik Lundqvist, and then you have to figure out the backup situation behind Igor Shesterkin basically from scratch. Uh, They do have Adam Huska and Tyler Wall, both set to play at AHL Hartford next season, so, I mean, at some point next year, you know, depending on performance, depending on injuries, we could see one or both of those guys maybe make at least a cameo with the Rangers at some point next year. But if I'm making an early prediction here, I'm going to say kind of what I've been saying all along, and that is that Georgiev leaves in free agency because, again, I think that somebody is going to make him, you know, at least a decent offer and... I don't know that the Rangers would be willing to match it. The Rangers could also trade Georgiev, but one way or another, I think Georgiev ends up leaving, and Lundqvist returns to back up Igor Shesterkin next season. I think we might get one more season with Henrik Lundqvist, and if that happens, you just keep your fingers crossed that maybe he can grow into a backup role. It can't be easy for him. He kind of had to learn on the fly this season, but maybe if he at least goes into next season with the expectation that, yes, I'm not going to be playing that often. I'm just going to get in there from time to time. Maybe Henrik Lundqvist can turn in a good season in kind of a supporting role, and maybe he kind of turns the clock back a little bit next year, and he can go out with his head held high and with a solid season, you know, obviously taking on a much smaller workload next year. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store 
or new car dealership. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, we got to get back to Alexi Lafreniere, and we're going to talk a little bit about how he might fit into the Ranger lineup come opening night for this upcoming season. But first, I want to talk a little bit about some comments from Jeff Gordon as well as John Davidson regarding the number one overall pick and likely drafting Lafreniere. And when Jeff Gordon was interviewed just after the Rangers won the draft lottery, he played it pretty cool. He was asked if it was a slam dunk, basically, to take Alexi Lafreniere. And he pretty much said that he wasn't going to reveal 100% that they were definitely going to take him. He wants to go through the process of meeting Alexi and his family, and he wants to be able to talk to him, and he just wants to be able to let Ranger fans enjoy winning the lottery for that night, which, yes, we definitely did. But the coolest thing about this interview, hands down, was Gordon was asked if he has any kind of a good luck charm with him. Because obviously the Rangers, they've been very fortunate these last two years. They end up picking second last year. They take Capo Caco. They're going to pick number one this year. In all likelihood, will take Alexi Lafreniere. But he was asked, you know, again, if he had any kind of a good luck charm. And he said that he did. He had the late Stephen McDonald's badge with him that his wife allowed him to use. The Rangers, of course, have an award named after Stephen McDonald that goes to the hardest working guy on the team. But I'm actually getting a little bit ahead of myself right now. I think a lot of Ranger fans probably know the story of Stephen McDonald. But just in case you don't, McDonald was a patrolman for the NYPD, and he was shot in the line of duty back in 1986. He was shot three times. The first bullet hit him in the head above his eye. The second hit him in his throat, caused him to have a speaking disability, and the third uh, shattered his spine, which paralyzed him from the neck down, leaving him as a quadriplegic and in need of a ventilator. So obviously just a terrible thing, and he passed away three years ago at the age of 59, but the Rangers, since the 1987-1988 season up until current day, have given out the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award, and uh, Mika Zibanejad has actually won it each of the last two seasons. McDonald and his wife, both big-time Ranger fans, and, you know, it's just great that they can keep his memory alive here, you know, these last couple of seasons, continuing to give out the award. But also just really neat that Jeff Gorton has used uh, McDonald's badge as kind of his good luck charm these last couple of years in the draft, and obviously it's been working, and uh, yeah, I mean, he can continue to use that for every draft going forward. Just a really cool thing there. John Davidson, JD, he also talked about his experiences on draft night, and I think it's something that a lot of us can probably relate to here. This is what he had to say uh, during a Zoom call. He said, I couldn't look at the TV. I had my eyes closed, my hand over my head, and I was listening. My wife was standing over me, and she started screaming. With that, I was able to look up, and I just couldn't believe it. It was a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of Ranger fans were probably screaming at that moment. I know I can include myself in that bunch. But JD was also asked about if the Rangers are certain to take Alexi Lafreniere with the first overall pick, and this is what he had to say about that. The thing is that we have to have our discussions, do our Zoom call, and figure out what we're going to do. And I'm saying that with a smile on my face. So yeah, JD basically kind of, uh, you know, winking and letting us all know that, yeah, it's going to be Alexi Lafreniere. Listen, there's no reason for them to just come right out and say it. Uh, you never know uh, what team could come calling with a trade offer. It doesn't hurt to listen. But I mean, again, I would put this at 99.9% that the Rangers keep that first pick and use it to select Alexi Lafreniere. 
As far as how Lafreniere might fit into the Rangers next season, first of all, no AHL. That's something that I mentioned in our last episode, but we'll dive into it a little bit deeper here. Uh, the Rangers are going to have their sights set on continuing to improve next season, continuing to complete this rebuild, and turn the team into a bona fide Stanley Cup contender. And Alexi Lafreniere immediately makes this team better. It's a little bit of trial by fire. You know, you toss an 18-year-old out there on opening night onto the NHL roster, but I really don't see the point of having Lafreniere play even 8 or 10 games with the Wolfpack next season. Start him with the Rangers, let him hit the ground running, and away we go. Now, there could be some people who hear that, and you might have the opinion that it wouldn't be such a bad thing to have Lafreniere start in the AHL because maybe you look at Capo Caco from this past season, and it is fair to say that Caco uh, did have something of an underwhelming rookie season, but you got to keep in mind he was basically playing hockey for 18 consecutive months. That will not be an issue with Lafreniere. And again, I just think the Rangers are going to want to put their best foot forward on opening night next season because expectations are going to be considerably higher for this team than they were coming into 2019-2020. And Lafreniere, he does allow you to put your best foot forward right off the bat. There's no reason to wait around. Just toss him out there with the Rangers. And including him in the lineup allows the Rangers to put their best possible team on the ice. No reason to wait around. Get the kid out there on opening night next season. As far as where he lines up, I don't really see him in a top six role right out of the starting blocks. For starters, he's a left winger, and the Rangers have Chris Kreider and Artemi Panarin at that position, so they're suddenly very deep there. Kreider and Panarin mainly played on the first and second lines, respectively, this season. You're not going to bump one of those two guys out of the way to make room for Lafreniere, and really, at no point should Artemi Panarin not be playing on one of the top two lines. There's no reason for me to dive into Artemi Panarin's stats again. You guys are all aware of what he did this year, but obviously, leave him where he had tremendous and his success, and emerged as an MVP candidate. And Kreider had a great season for the Rangers as well, 24 goals and 21 assists in 63 games. So I really can't see Kreider moving out of the top six either, at least not right away. Now, if Lafreniere starts with the Rangers and just absolutely kills it, and David Quinn feels like shaking up the lines a little bit, then maybe it's possible that Lafreniere eventually takes over a top six role from Chris Kreider. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Again, it is important to remember Lafreniere has not yet played a single game in the NHL, and that Chris Kreider is coming off of a very nice season, one in which he showed impeccable chemistry with Mika Zibanejad. Uh, the other thing that could happen at some point, probably not right away, but at some point, is one of Panarin, Kreider, or Lafreniere changes positions and moves over to the right wing because if one of them is able to do that, then you can have all three of those players in top six roles with the Rangers. I don't think you even consider doing that with Panarin. Again, MVP candidate, let's not mess with anything there. But could Kreider or Lafreniere end up moving to the right wing to enable all three of these players to play in top six roles? It's certainly possible. And I get the feeling that if somebody does move at some point next season, it's actually probably going to be Chris Kreider. Uh, Kreider's a pro. He's been with the Rangers for Ever. He's a team first guy. He could be wearing the C next season. I think the Rangers, I just get the feeling they're leaning a little bit more towards the Banajad, but it's possible that Chris Kreider could be the captain next year. And Lafreniere, just 18 years old and is a supposed generational talent. So I don't think you would want to mess with him by having him change positions before he even gets his feet wet at the NHL. So if somebody moves out of those three players, I'd say the smart money would be on Chris Kreider. But I would not expect that to happen right at the start of the season. I think Lafreniere ends up on the left wing on the third line because, first of all, look at the other Ranger left wingers. You've got Philip DiGiuseppe and Brendan Lemieux, and I like both of these players, especially Lemieux, 
But I don't think I'm going out on a limb here when I say that neither one of these guys is going to be able to hold off Lafreniere next season. And that's if they're even back with the Rangers because DiGiuseppe and Lemieux are both restricted free agents. So no slam dunk that either or both of those guys will be back. So I think Lafreniere ends up starting next season as the left winger on the third line. And as far as his line mates, I don't think it'll be Capo Caco. Uh, Caco seems to be ticketed for a top six role next season. I think he could be back out there with Panarin and Strom on the second line. Strom also a restricted free agent, but if he He's back. That could be your second line. You go Strom centering Panarin and Kako. And on the third line, I'm thinking it's probably going to be Lafreniere on the left wing, Philip Hedl at center. And I'm going to say Julian Gauthier over Brett Howden on the right wing. Uh, it could also be Jesper Foss, but he's an unrestricted free agent. So we're just going to have to wait and see if he's back with the Rangers next season. I hope he is. But how is that for a young line if that's what the Rangers end up going with next season? You've got Lafreniere, Philip Hedl, and either Julian Gauthier or Brett Howden. I think that's probably what we're looking at to start next season. Uh, again, if Jesper Foss comes back, and I hope he does, certainly he'll be in the mix there as well. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, how his free agency plays out. But somewhat surprisingly, with regards to Lafreniere, he seems to be pretty much ticketed, I think, for that third line left wing spot. I can't imagine he would line up anywhere else. They're not going to put him on the fourth line because, you know, that's more of a checking line anyway. And we saw what happened putting Leas Anderson down there. That didn't work out too well for anybody. So the Rangers aren't going to waste time sticking him out there on the fourth line. Uh, I think certainly he'll have to be in a top nine role, but he's not going to eclipse Panarin or Kreider heading into opening night next season. So yeah, I mean, to me, I think that's a perfect spot for him. It doesn't put too much pressure on him either, and he can just kind of grow at his own pace and give that third line a little bit of a kick because we talked about the Rangers needing some secondary scoring. Well, Lafreniere can produce that in a big way next season because if the way he has produced points in the QMJHL and pretty much everywhere he's ever played hockey, if that's any indication, then he should be able to contribute offensively right away for this team. And all of a sudden, that third line, that one that I just mentioned, Lafreniere, Hedl, and either Gauthier or Howden, suddenly that looks a lot more dangerous and it contains a lot more upside than it has in a very long time with the Rangers. The other thing I mentioned in our last episode is that depending on what happens in these playoff games, you know, maybe we'll continue to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs a little bit. I know it's getting away from the Rangers a little, but, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs, for my money, best postseason tournament in sports. And we did say if anything crazy happened that we would discuss it here. And yesterday definitely qualified because the Tampa Bay Lightning and Columbus Blue Jackets playing against each other in game one of the round of 16, one and two, not overtime, not double overtime, not triple overtime, not quadruple time, but quintuple overtime. I think that's what it's called. Five overtimes for the Lightning and Blue Jackets until about midway through the Lightning. Uh, Braden Point scores from the high slot and he wins the game for Tampa to give them a one to nothing series lead. But if you're a hockey fan, I don't know how you wouldn't be impressed by something like this because it was just an absolute war from start to finish. Eight periods of hockey, almost eight full periods periods of hockey. Just absolutely crazy. I ended up watching the entire thing. And then it's funny because anytime a game gets into like, you know, double overtime, triple overtime, a lot of times the game winning goal can kind of come from out of nowhere and it can feel a little bit underwhelming. And I think that's kind of what happened here. Braden Point, the puck kind of just bounced right to him and he flung it at the net and it went in top shelf. Uh, Jonas Corpisalo set a record for most saves in a game, 85 saves. And 
just an insane game. I mean, it was the fourth longest game in NHL history, and I think a huge win for the Lightning. You know, game one of a best of seven, it's not like it's usually a do-or-die kind of situation. Of course you want to get that first win. Of course you want to take uh, the early leg up in the series, but you're not at a point where it's like, oh my God, we have to win this game. But I think for the Lightning, that's a more important game one series win than usual, just because of what happened last year. Obviously, this is a rematch. The Lightning had that unreal regular season last year, and then they were swept out of the playoffs by the Blue Jackets. So I think it was absolutely huge for them to persevere and get the win here, show some grit, uh, which, you know, fairly or unfairly, I think sometimes people label the Lightning as a team that's all skill and no grit, but they showed some serious grit yesterday, going five overtimes with the Blue Jackets and getting the victory. And the other thing that I think was definitely worth mentioning from yesterday is the Flames defeated the Dallas Stars 3-2 to two to take a one to nothing lead in that best-of-seven series, and Cam Talbot had a really nice game for the Flames. He stopped 24 of 26 shots, and he actually allowed two goals just eight seconds apart from each other. The Stars tied the game at two at that point, but he shut them down the rest of the way. The second goal he let in, maybe a little bit on the soft side, but again, you know, Talbot, he was great down the stretch. There was a six on four at the end of the game due to a penalty against the Flames, and Talbot held his own, got the job done, got the win, and it's cool to see him kind of take the bull by the horns here because he's been really in kind of a timeshare all season in Calgary, but he's been the man so far in the playoffs and everything else being equal I'm going to root for the former Rangers and Cam Talbot certainly included in that would be cool to see him kind of lead the Flames on a deep playoff run here so that's going to do it for today that's your uh, Stanley Cup playoff update if you will but we will be back here with another episode tomorrow if you would like to get in touch with this podcast please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com once again that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com and be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore ny underscore rangers once again that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of locked on nhl thanks again guys i'll see you next time